0: Perfect.
1: Great. Congratulations. That's actually a great prize. I love those iPads. Uh, so let's get the day started with a lively panel discussion. Please help me welcome Greg Roberts, General Manager of the MLS Lone Wolf Technologies. And Rob Hahn, Manager and Partner of 7DS Associates. And of course, uh, Rich Robletto, our 2022 MLS Chair, is going to be moderating this discussion.
2: Hola.
3: Hello, hello, hello. Sup, everyone. So, so uh, today's panel is buyers paying their own commission. Is this a catastrophe or an opportunity? It's a little elephant in the room with everything that's happening in the industry right now. Inman a couple of weeks ago, I was able to attend there was a gentleman on the panel. Uh, took a sample study of 100 recent closings. 90% of those buyers did not know how their buyer's agent was paid. With that being said, we've brought two industry insiders, Greg Robertson and Rob Hahn, to kind of talk about what they see the issues are or potential issues are. Rob?
4: All right. And uh, thank you all for inviting us. And this is a little bit of like a Industry Relations Live, that Greg and I do a podcast. So before I get into it, I'm just curious, how many of you guys are aware that there are big antitrust lawsuits going on about buyer commissions?
5: That's, okay, great. About half time. that's, that's great. Pretty great, that's great, that's
4: great. Right, so I'm gonna try and keep it sort of high level and sort of make sure we understand. Basically about, I wanna say this was 2017, a big antitrust lawsuit was filed, called Merle versus NAR, and it was followed up by a case called Sitzer versus NAR, but now called Burnett. Fundamentally, what they're claiming is that the various rules the NAR has and the, through the MLSs that says that listing agent must offer compensation, cooperating compensation, is anti-competitive, and it makes commissions very, very expensive. There's all sorts of things around it, back and forth. Fundamentally, the reason why we are talking about it now is the case in Missouri called Burnett. Uh, survived dismissal, survived all sorts of things, and has, become cl- um, has won classification as a class action lawsuit, which means that everyone who's ever sold a home in Missouri since 2009, I wanna say, now has a claim that their agent, the brokerage, the MLS, has uh, overcharged them by half the commission amount. Okay. So damages alone from this will be about $13 billion. NAR, (coughs) uh, Realogy, not called anywhere, Uh, Remax, I think KW and Home Service are all being sued. Every single one of those companies will be instantly bankrupt if this happens. At the same time, it's not just money damage. What they're wanting is they want the court to say that the practice of sharing commissions is anti-competitive. It's a violation of the antitrust law. Obviously, there's a bunch of uh, opinions on both sides. but that's where things are, and that's why we are starting to talk about it. Um, so with that, I will turn over to Greg to get your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, for, for one, uh, it's, a, it's amazing to me. And I guess the FTC has kind of weighed in a little bit on this, right?
4: So one of the subtexts here is not just those lawsuits, but a bunch of other lawsuits against NAR. The Department of Justice intervened on every single one of them on the side of the plaintiffs without actually saying they did it on the side of the plaintiffs. The FTC's been on this, now they're getting on it. Um, the word is that the FTC hasn't acted because Lena Khan, the new commissioner, only had, it was an evenly split board, three and three commissioners. Recently, she finally got her fourth Democrat commissioner, so she's able to act. So the expectations, we're going to see things coming out of the FTC, no matter what happens with the lawsuits right that potentially through regulation says hey guess what agents you're not allowed to share your commissions anymore that is entirely possible no one truly knows but that's where things yeah, are yeah to
2: me like the, the first thing that steps out of my mind and we could talk about you know the tactics as far as going forward with this dose but what really strikes me is my mom was a real estate agent right and i look around the room here and we have a lot of you know male but also uh, a lot of female agents and and to me it's why is this administration going after female entrepreneurs?
4: Clearly it's because Biden hates women. Right,
2: I mean, so. I don't know what the, the answer is there, but that's what's happening here, right? This is not some sort of like, we're not some big corporation or anything else. These, the, everybody here works hard, right? They're commission only, They're not a, this is not a salaried position. This is something that you have to wake up every day and do. You're starting from zero. It's a commission only sales job. And this is what they wanna come after. This group of people, I just, I, I can't imagine. I just, I'm making, it makes no sense to me sometimes on, on what that's about.
4: You don't really want to talk about that though, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, that's
2: Rob, the first thing that, that comes to my head.
3: So with these changes happening in the industry, um, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being catastrophic, one being no big deal, how do you think it would affect the business if buyers were forced to pay their own commissions? Greg first.
2: God, all right. So, so ten—it's catastrophic. 10 One—it's not. So I think there's there's still a lot of uh, hands, a lot of cards to play. to Put a Vegas thing in here. So right now, I'd probably give it a five, and I know that sounds like a really safe, safe, safe answer. But this is still being worked out, right? Um, you could have a, you know, the 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 midterms could factor into this, right? Um, real estate is now on a downturn. The, the administration, all these other things could say, you know what, let's not mess with them right now. There's, there's kind of some, already some turmoil and this new, this new kind of market is going to take care of like some of the sins of the past, right? So I don't know if it's, if it's I'm going to say it's a catastrophe or not, but, um, but I don't think we're safe either. So that's, that's why I'm choosing the safe five. Okay. I
3: bet mean, I know who's going to say it's catastrophic.
4: No, actually, I'm not. But first of all, there's absolutely no chance any of that's going to happen because the administration does not give a crap about whatever the midterms or the modern conditions. So, you know, this has been going on for at least 50 years. So in researching this, I found a, a paper from the FTC, a field staff report from 1983 talking about how brokerages and these commissions were out of whack in the 70s. In terms of, I didn't know this, right, because obviously I was like four years old in 1975. Some of you might have been in practice then, looking around the room. There was a time, there was a time, y'all, when NAR would publish a mandatory schedule of commissions. Like, if you were an NAR member, you had to charge 6% under NAR rules. I didn't know that. Apparently that went away in like the late 60s, early 70s. So this has been going on for a really long time. But in answer to your question, Rich, I'm, I'm going to give kind of a weasel answer. It's going to be 11 for a lot of folks, and then I think it's going to be like a minus 5 for a number of agents. What I mean by that is for, I don't know, let's call it 50 to 60% of agents, this is beyond 10 catastrophe, right? Your business is about to just go 50% away. 50% of the agents is beyond uh, 10? At least 50, I think. But there's a good chance that for the, let's say, the top producing agents, say the top 10 to 20%, this could be the best thing that ever happened to them. Because what it ends up doing is restoring price signals to the brokerage industry, right? One of the things that's being claimed in the lawsuit and by various like, economists and think tanks and whatnot is they point out the buyer agent gets paid the cooperating compensation, whether it's 3%, let's call it 3%, right? Whether they suck or they're great, whether they spend 10 hours working on it or two hours, Whether they're selling a million dollar house or a hundred thousand dollar house. Like, there's no difference. And this is one of the things they point out. And I'm like, there's some truth to that. There's absolutely no reason why someone with 30 years experience, a total expert in the neighborhood, knows everything there's no about real estate, should get paid the same as someone who got their license last week. So on the one hand, it's catastrophe for those people who got their license last week. On the other hand, it's pretty fucking great if you're one of the top producing agents. Sorry, I cuss a whole bunch. (laughs) With um,
3: with your guys' national knowledge, what do you guys see happening in other markets that people are preparing for these changes yeah. down the road?
2: Let me go a little bit back to kind of what Rob said. To me, what oh hey, I didn't see you. How's it going? Um, sorry. Uh, what what gets me about this is that. There are different models in real estate. There's different business models out there right now. A buyer could go to a Redfin. A buyer could go to a discount brokerage. They could go to any sorts of service and pay 500 bucks. They could pay whatever. Again, it's not like this is some cabal that does everything else. I mean, there are opportunities of plenty around there for different models as far as if a buyer wants to do that. So it's not like a lock-in. I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing. So the alternatives are existing today. Right, it's not, it didn't take a lawsuit to do this. Um, it, it's happening now. Now, I think, and you know, Rob can kind of argue with me on this. But I won't. But I okay. think <laughs> a vast majority of the consumers have chosen. You know what? This is a big transaction. This is the biggest transaction. I want somebody here that can handhold me to make sure it goes okay, and they're willing to pay for that service. Right? That, and you know, whether thirty years or whatever you want to talk about. I mean, they, they're they're vetting that person. Right? They're making that decision, but they're also making the decision not to go to these other models, right? So th- to answer your question, Rich, the models are here today. The alternatives have been around for a long time. Um, and I think we all know for whatever reasons, and, and maybe the DOJ or FTC or, or other people are gonna argue this, but a lot of times consumers are not choosing those options, right? Because they want that trusted advisor with them.
4: Okay, here's why I'm not gonna argue with you, Greg because yeah, you're, no, it's awesome. One clap out there. Thank you, Stephanie. By the way, there's two microphones there. This is not meant to be the three of us just talking. Like we should, this should be a conversation with all of us. We got mics in the audience. Yeah, we'll, so we'll... please just step up and question or Yeah, there's point, two mics there. I prefer
3: like. if we speak, but if you would like to ask yeah. questions, um, there's a microphone in there and we will call, yeah. a, call on you guys if you have specific S- questions.
4: But having said that, Greg, you're essentially making an argument like you're in court or you're sitting in front of the FTC. And I'm, look, I can agree this, it doesn't even matter, right? To some extent, what happens will happen, right? In other words, the NAR lawyers, the defense lawyers will go and make their arguments. I'm sure they're going to make this very similar arguments. The plaintiff's lawyers will make their arguments. And I'm not the judge, you're not the judge, we're not on the jury. So it almost doesn't matter what our feelings are about the merits of what's happening. What we have to think about is what happens after? What happens next? What's the consequence? So if the assumption is that, like your argument that you're making, all these models exist so there's no need to do anything. Let's say that happens and we don't need to do anything, right, we don't need to prepare, nothing will change. I happen to think that's a really dumbass way of doing strategy or approaching life in general. Like you should prepare for things in case that happen so that you don't have to do them, right? Like, So that's, I think, what we need to be thinking about. Not assuming we're gonna win and the status quo preserved, but we have to be thinking about what happens if, if the upset comes, if the disruption comes, then what do I do, right? And I think that's really the theme of today's talk. And because this is a conversation, this may end up being like Greg and I asking Rich a lot of questions because neither of us are brokers or agents, right? Neither of us walk the trenches, Whereas Rich has, so we might be asking, like, what? so let's do that. Rich, what are you gonna do if buy side commission goes away? Uh, So I've started talking to my agents
3: and we have to have that conversation in regards to how you get paid. And the conversation is easy with professionals. You have that up front, my services are this much. The seller could potentially cooperate, but I want you to know that if they don't, I'm gonna need this difference. And most of my clients will say, I don't care what that is, find the home, right? The number that was used at Inman uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was from large brokerage owners, uh, last year was $80 billion in commissions, and they automatically went to $40 billion, right? So it's that conversation that um, we need to have upfront to make sure we get our value or show our value to our clients.
2: So that's an agreement, a buyer, uh, you know, you're gonna have them sign an agreement. Correct. Right, yeah. Yeah, and and, and so I would ask the audience here, when you're paying somebody, right, to represent you as a buyer, right, you want that representative to get as low a price for you as possible, right? Why would you pay them a percentage?
3: We'll take a question from the um, audience. Keith?
6: Okay. Is this on? Yes. Okay. So real estate agents are like wine. <laughs> you, <laughs> he was
0: alive did you say they so like wine or they're like wine?
6: You can choose the cheapest, but don't complain about the headache in the morning.
0: Oh, Keith, I
3: like how you well did said. that. Well said. Well said. We'll give him a round well of applause. Said.
6: We are... We as, we as realtors, or even any licensee, we do not explain our service. We do not do a really good job of explaining to the consumer what we do. Because the buyers think, oh, all we do is put them in the car, we go out, we show them four or five houses, they choose one, we write the offer, and we're done, right? of what we do is after we get it into escrow. But do we explain that? Do we explain in our listings what we really do for the sellers? How we protect them, how we look at them, how we interact with the other agents? You know, I love being able to sell my own listings because I know if I call the other agent, they're going to call me back, and I can work it out with them. We don't communicate anymore as agents. Everybody thinks that we just text. We take the offer. We fax it, or you know what a uh-uh. fax is. We send <laughs> they it off. We don't fax anymore. We send Fine it wine. off.
2: Fine wine. Fine wine.
6: And <laughs> we, we send it off, and that's it. We don't represent our
4: clients anymore, so- the buyers. So here's the thing, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, but think about this. That world, after the asteroid hits, can no longer exist. Because as a buyer agent, I'm of this opinion, Greg and I talk about it, I don't see a way that you could charge a commission as a buyer agent. I think you have to charge hourly, or like like flat fee project-based. Here's why, because what Greg said, I would absolutely use a buyer's agent. I've always used a buyer's agent. I'm not an expert. I want the service of an expert. But I'm not going to incentivize that guy to drive the price of the thing that I'm buying up. I want him to drive it lower. So I'm happy to pay by the hour, just like I pay my lawyer, just like I pay my accountant. When you do that, as an agent, you're going to have to document what you have done for me. So So I think this communication, all of that is naturally just going to happen once the asteroid hits.
6: What drives the price is the market. I don't drive the price. I can go in and try to negotiate the best I can, which is what we're supposed to do anyway. But if the market is supporting this, how can I, I have to educate the buyer and say, look, this is the market. I'd love to get it here, but we've got 15 or 20 other buyers that are willing to pay this. Where are we gonna come? It's education.
0: It's all education. Thank thank you. Jeff? Uh, First, I just wanna point out all the full seats in the room today. You all did a good job by coming. Um, there's a lot of seats that are empty and you all committed to being professionals this morning. So as an incoming member of the board of directors, I appreciate you all being here and Shameless committing to plug. your business. Thank you.
3: Shameless plug.
0: Shameless, Shameless plug. plug. <laughs> I don't make any money by being on the board of directors, so I'm told now. That's great.
4: And chances are the people that are here are in that number where this is going to be like a really good thing.
0: Right. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're, they're learning today how to, how to hedge for the future. So uh, I agree with you, the argument that Uh, an agent that's been in business, well, let's just say an agent that's super qualified and and well-versed in their job necessarily deserves to be paid more. Um, And so it is unfair, in air quotes, that agents be paid the same for, and and how many agents in here have done both sides of their deal because the other agent wasn't there, right? Anybody? So, but we both got paid the same. So I think it's a good thing, but I'm I'm fearful for our most vulnerable populations. I'm fearful for our first-time home buyers. I'm fearful for our veterans who can't pay a commission, who can't pay a transaction fee. I'm fearful for the people who, um, you know, you talk about you pay your attorney hourly, I pay my attorney hourly. Um, But when my less fortunate or less financially qualified clients need an attorney, they go to Nevada Legal Aid. So where are the pro bono
4: realtors in the audience, That's right? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying that for a few <laughs> years. Like, why, why don't we see pro bono work out of realtors? Uh,
0: but, th- but this is the question. This is the fear I have, is that you have this group of individuals, and, and yes, certainly all of Rich's clients, uh, there's a reason is rich, um, there, his clients will be able to pay. But uh, my clients, because I help normal people, Rich... Um, <laughs> I just, I'm teasing. Uh, I don't help them. Uh, they're, they're not going to get that service, and so that's what I'm afraid for, is how, how does the Department of Justice, how are we protecting these people who we are trying to elevate in the American dream when in reality we're hog-tying them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the way, you know, you're talking a little bit about, like, uh, mechanisms of financing, right? But in one way, the, the DOJ would say, why are you forcing these people that you claim to be representing to pay two and a half percent, right? That's, that's an enormous amount of money for what the service is, right? Um, now, I think what's gonna happen is that we're gonna figure out a way, I, the banks are definitely gonna have to figure out a way of rolling in those fees into the loan, even if, even if the buyer is paying directly, right? That's something the financial institutions have to figure out in order for this. It's not happening now, right? But I think that's gonna have to happen, right? But they just have to give they wanna give more transparency to show to the buyers. As Rich said, I mean, they're, they're not aware now. They're not aware of what they're paying, why they're paying or what. So they wanna open that thing up there for sure. Um, do we wanna go another one?
1: Hi, I think, you know, what are people gonna do without realtors? You know, um, this is our profession. Buyer's agents should get paid just like seller's agents. and. The sellers are correct. The,
2: the rest of the world doesn't do it this way. Uh, the United States and North America, are the, we're the only ones that have this MLS, that have the system of the MLS. Yeah. They, everywhere else does it way different than us. So it's, it's happening somewhere else, Plus, unfortunately.
4: I, plus, it's not saying that buyer agents can't get paid or won't get paid. It's that your client will have to pay you. The yeah. listing agent can't pay you. The well, seller can't pay you right?
1: Well, it's always been like that. And I think sellers have to recognize that we are realtors. It's our job, just like lawyers, just like anybody. We're, you know, we need to get paid for what we do. And And that's
3: the, that's the catch. We can't continue to operate like we used to. And that's the reason to have this conversation Mm -hmm. because change is coming And if you're not prepared for the change to have these conversations, you will be doing something in six to 12 months. And there is a broker-owned MLS, and Greg, do you wanna talk about what they are doing in? um
2: Yeah, I mean, if we could put something up on the screen here. Um, What what we're getting here is that Northwest MLS, this is the MLS in uh, the Seattle area, right? They cover most of Western Washington. They are going to give us a peek into the future. They, have, they are changing their listing agreement so that the buyer has to, or the seller, um, along with the seller's agents, they have several options to choose one. One of those options is I'm not offering, there's no offer of commission at all, right? Another one is a percentage, or another one is you could write in what, you th- what you're going to pay the buyer. So these, imagine, listing, imagine the conversations you're going to now have to have with your sellers of like, what are you willing to offer? And it could be nothing,
4: right? So I, I think it will absolutely be nothing in every case. The reason for it, by the way, is not because you don't want to pay nothing. reason for it is because <clears throat> under the Northwest MLS rules, you can negotiate the buyer commission, the buyer fee, during the transaction. So at the end of it, you could say, you know what? You really did a lot of work on this, and I really appreciate that. We're going to write you 2.5%. Versus, you were never there, you never showed up, I did all your work, so screw you, here's zero. Right? So I think listing agents under this model will just default to zero, but tell the buyer agent, let's see how you do, let's see how this goes, and then we'll talk about it at the end. I totally think it's going to happen. But it, she's it, been
2: it, hold on, real quick. There's one thing I to like really that. highlight here is that the nice thing is this is going to happen in October. We're going to get, all of us, this is a great thing that they're doing because we're going to get a preview they're being preemptive about it. They're going to say, you know what, we're going to make this change now and see what happens. And the rest of us can now look at that model it's and wonderful. see what happens. It's going to be a, a very good, a very it's, healthy thing for the it's industry. Wonderful. I stand here um,
7: just with the same question that Jeff... Is the mic on? Sorry, can you hear me better now? Um, Step into the mic. St- am, I stand here with the same question that Jeff had. Um, as a As a minority woman, woman, minority, single mom um my mom was a single mom worked in the hotel system so i can't imagine that under what's under the projected uh circumstances that she would have been able to pay someone a quality agent an, an amount that would have been able to ensure that she was guaranteed a transparent and um Judiciary to her benefit to her benefit transaction so that's that's my question just in alignment with what Jeff said how do those that are not able to just come up with cash and pay an a quality individual not all attorneys yeah. are the same not all real estate agents are the same not all mortgage lenders are the same so we we do need representation but to go to the cheapest person because they're willing to do it may not be the most fiduciary, um, you know, fiduciary thing for their themselves. So I, I guess I'm, I'm really listening yeah. because um, I'm, you know, after um, understanding what's happening in the mortgage industry, are they going to want to take on more risk to help buyers? You know, more risk These are by great, paying this is
2: commissions? Great question. Really great question. Point. And again, I, I think we're getting back to the same thing where. You're exactly 100% right. And I think, but there's, there's a difference here of like, this is gonna happen and then this is how we're gonna make it work, right? Mortgage industries, the mortgage industry is gonna to have to factor in where even if the buyer's paying commission to their agent, that it's factored into the mortgage. That hasn't happened yet, right? Here, here's, the, here's the good news in a sense. If, this, if they said tomorrow, we're gonna to do this, it'd probably take three years to, be, to implement this thing. Absolutely, Rob. I mean, 18, it's gonna take well, almost, No, there still has to be a lot to to be done there to to kind of make this happen. A
4: couple of things about the timing. So let's just discuss timing real quick because I could see the terror descending into this room. (laughs) I don't see it yet, Rob. You got one more level to take it. The litigation is going to take seven years. Okay. So the Burnett case is supposed to go to trial, I think, in February. So figure a three-month trial. The plaintiffs are going to win. That's bad news. They're going to win. But there will be an appeal, and it'll take three years. And because it's so important, it'll likely get you know, appealed to Supreme Court, whatever. So it's, we have time on the litigation side, right? FTC, on the other hand, it's not three years. It could be like next year. It depend, it, there's no timeline. They could just react. They're, here's they're a bunch of regulations. They're going to give some lead time in the industry 90 you days.
2: Just, you, can't just like, you can't just flip on a dime like Dude, that.
4: Dude, they've been at this since 1983. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to take a happy question.
3: I'm I'm sorry I've I've put in my job application somewhere.
8: <laughs> uh, this is not a question. I'm just saying that uh, how uh, can we include the buyer's commission in the loan? I mean, we have been doing that uh, whenever the seller put a price. I'm sure they consider their cost and costs are commission for them, for them. So. That's why yeah, I, I think they that, have been financing yeah, the buyers Right, uh, I think that, that is not
2: in place now, but I think if this happens or when it happens, that the mortgage industry is gonna have to answer no, to that, I think that is, is gonna happen. it is
8: happening right yeah. now. We don't need to reinvent anything. Yeah. And the developers, they are offering commission to buyers actually. Right.
4: Look, so, so let's, let's answer uh, the other lady's question as well. Fact is, none of us up here know what policies will be put in place along with the disruption, right? So, should, do we think NAR and, you know, all of the realtor are lobbying everyone to try and figure out possible, of course. And we don't know what those are. So, to some extent, we can have those conversations like what should happen. It's just that none of us are in control, right? Um, Now, having said that, the next tech forum, maybe you wanna have like the local congressman here and ask him that question, do you know what I mean? Maybe you wanna go talk to some of the policymakers and say, hey guys, I know this is what's happening. Have you thought about this, 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 or this, right? Okay, um- so I just wanna point that out. In terms of what happens to the least fortunate, nobody knows, right? But having said that, let's actually look at attorneys. Right? There's such a thing as a public defender. So it's possible we see something like public realtor. The question is, would you all be willing to take $160, because that's what a public defender gets paid a day right? to represent a client from the government. And the answer is nobody knows. Do you know what I mean? But so there are models we can look at and project what they might do, and it could be like you said, mortgage rules are changed to, to allow buyers to you know do or, that.
2: Or, or or sellers could you know the sellers might say we're never going to make this work. We're just going to we're going to we're going to handle the commission. Right. right. I mean I it could know. be the, just it could be that way. We just stick to it because right. sellers in order to make this market work right. in order to drop this friction or, we'll 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 handle that. Or
4: you know? the sellers just simply say you know what, uh, my, I trust my agent, right? And so, Rich, you know, you're my agent. We work, and you're like, hey, you know what? Susan just did such a phenomenal job. This deal would not have happened without her. Why don't we get, cut her a check? And I'd be like, I just made whatever you know. it's sold at top of the market. Sure, I'm happy to compensate her for that work. That could happen. People are fair-minded, right? So yeah, I think yeah. we can see all sorts of different things happen.
8: Okay. And regarding charging per hour, um, can we get
4: the mic on? Can I Speak closer to the. You can speak
8: it louder. Regarding charging per hour. I mean, just a few months ago, I mean, to represent a buyer would take six months so they could buy something. So I don't think that is fair in the long term because sometimes it's easy to find a property and sometimes may take 20 or 30 offers. So I think that right now it's a, being a percentage is just...
2: Yeah, and that, this is great because those are the kind of questions everybody here in the audience have to think about yep. because how am I going to charge for this? What are other people going to do? How does this affect my business now? That's exactly the kind of questions we have to ask, right?
3: I've got a question I want to ask you before we take another question. With all of these changes and conversations, what do you think that's going to affect the number of realtors
4: in the nation? That's you, Rob. It's me? It's you. Uh, I think at a minimum, we see a 50% drop. I think more likely we're, we're going to see somewhere between 70 and 80% drop.
3: Greg?
2: Yeah, I mean, you referenced the Inman conference. that was here in Vegas a few weeks ago. And I think that's exactly what the panels were saying. They're, they're saying there's $80 billion in commission right now. Uh, out for grabs and they think that's going to go to 40. So that's, that goes to talk to what Rob is talking about. Another thing is like, as from a vendor's perspective, right? I, you know, I co-founded WR Studios. We make cloud CMA, very popular product out there. Right. Um, but there's models out there. Like, let's take a look at the portals like Zillow and everything. You're, they're sustained by agents buying buyer leads. Zillow okay? screwed. Zillow, yeah, absolutely. If, if, if again, if we, and because about they're buying buyer leads because they know they can, if it actually goes to sale, they're going to make two and a half percent. If it goes to like, they got to negotiate with every every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes through Zillow. Those are different struggles you're going to have there, right? So this the whole agent ecosystem is going to change because that that's lead generation for them. So a lot of agents without a lead generation source, that alone will will, will kind of call the the
4: industry. I, they'll still get the leads it just won't be worth, right? Because to your point, you get a lead, okay, cool, the next conference is, you know, I charge whatever, $150 an hour. Oh, well, thanks very much for your time, click. <laughs> next question.
5: Uh, hi, my name is Rina Levy, and uh, it's more of a really comment than question because I think that it's gonna be interesting in the court because you're gonna hear both sides, and I think the argument can go for, for, uh, for days because we can sit here and like one of the question is where is the money just uh, like she mentioned uh most of buyers not most but a large uh a large large of the, a lot of okay a large portion of the buyers especially FAJ they don't really have the done payment they barely have just the minimum three and a half four percent how are they going to come with x amount of commission to they're pay not. they're not I, I understand so it can come from different ways but why, what i'm here is to say and i said i am from israel there is because uh, i wanted to say is that i work with a lot of israelis uh clients and a lot clients come from europe and it's common practice that the buyer pays the commission mm-hmm. not the seller yeah and it's i think if it's it's gonna happen or not I think regardless we have to up our skills come on let's yeah. be honest we're in the negotiation and if we think that there is a value uh, to our services let's get on board and start working on it regardless if it's going to happen or not because uh, the rest of the world is already there yeah. that's all i wanted to say yeah, yeah.
3: Very thank, good you. Point. thank, thank you. you thank you very well said do you want to take to, another
5: question to echo to echo what she's saying just
9: briefly i'm, I'm the national association of realtors Global Ambassador to Italy, Portugal, and Spain, and I learned a lot in the last year. And you'll see, th- there are literally people in Italy that have, a, have companies that are consultant companies. They are not realtors, they're not real estate agents. They're there to help expats, Americans, Canadians, people from Australia, buy, because the system's so different, and they're paid on a fee basis. Yep. And it has nothing to do with the, the amount paid for the home. Yep. And they have an a la carte system, where they say to you, this is if you want us to have the engineer come and do all of the pulling of the rojito and like to get all of the information from what's permitted and what's not permitted. Each phase that's necessary during the transaction. That that would be
2: a great exercise, I think, for every broker here. Imagine tomorrow you woke up and this was the case that the buyers had to pay their own commission. Develop, write down an a la carte menu for those services. Just as, as a thought exercise. Like, what, how would I make this work? What would this look like? I think that would be a fantastic uh, exercise for you. Gentlemen over here. Uh,
10: don't get left behind, folks. You're going to have to shift. This market's always changing. Don't get left behind. That's my, that's my take on that. But I guess for, for me, it feels uh, like this microphone's really short. Um, it feels a little to short. Me, uh, it, feel, it feels to me like we are in a situation where it feels more anti competitive to say that sellers can't pay. Right? So if they say, hey, only the seller can pay only the seller's agent, to say they can't pay a buyer's agent, that doesn't make sense to me. I'd just like to get your thoughts on that.
2: No, I, th- I think you're right. I think, as Rob said, we don't know how this is going to shake out, right? And there might, be a, there might be a situation where like, okay, well, buyers got to pay their own commission, right? And then all of a sudden, the, it just dries up because that can happen. The sellers might go, okay, okay. We'll take it out of the purchase price or we'll, take, we'll, we'll, we'll fund it in our type of thing because it's not saying they're forbidding it really. Um, so we don't know how it's gonna happen. We, we don't know, we don't know what, what the models are gonna be, right? We're gonna find those things out, but, but we have to be prepared. That's the whole thing. I right. think Rich and Stephanie wanted to have this panel is make sure everybody's prepared and thinking about this.
3: This is kind of taking the elephant in the room that is into industry and national to bring the conversation to the local members so that when you guys leave here you can go back to your brokerage you can talk at your table and tell them well, did you guys know this is happening because if you're not attending conferences if you're not involved at the board level if you're not involved with your industry in six months if you weren't here and change is happening it's only going to be your fault if you're not there that was the only reason to have this panel and for me to come on stage and talk to you. <laughs> Greg and Rob have really helped carry the conversation along today.
4: Yeah, and like I said, you know, we can have a lot of interesting discussions and conversations about what should happen or what could happen. I don't actually think that's all that <laughs> valuable. I think what's valuable is the planning. Like if this happens, then what do I do, right? If this happens, so there's this conversation about proving value. Okay, how are you going to prove value? What do you need to do to prove value then as a buyer's agent? What do you need to do to prove value if you have to go to your, your actual client and say, I'm worth 100 bucks an hour, whatever it is, right? It's, it's, I think that's a much more fruitful, much more useful conversation. But then it's really fun to have conversations about what should happen. Like that's like a national Next question. Cut you Good off, morning.
9: Well. This is Karen Tam. I have a question. If um, since we're going some of the buyer, they are FHA or VA, they do not have enough money to pay our commission. But can we add it to the seller's contribution to uh, pay as part of the closing cost?
2: That that could be one way that's done. We don't know how it's. That could be one way. Uh, the banks might figure out a way. Um, the fee might be so low that they can pay it now because you're thinking of. If it's two and a half percent, absolutely they couldn't. But if it's $500, maybe they could. We don't know how it's gonna, how it's gonna work out, but th- there's gonna have to be different models and we have to kind of think about what those different models are. And I would say, let's not be reactive, let's be proactive. Let's make that a la carte menu and say, this is what we wanna charge and this is the services and this is, a, this is a provide the services that we wanna provide that is gonna get us the money that we wanna make.
3: It just comes back to having that conversation with your client before they get in the car, and you not telling them how you get paid, and they just think magically, you're just a nice person, and we're not.
9: If- <laughs> I have another question: Is that the uh, MLD? Did, do they have a max amount can allow the buyer to pay on the closing? I mean, on the commission, wide or they do not have a limit on it?
4: We don't know how it's going to play out. Right. We happen. just don't know how things are going to play out. Having said that. <clears throat> If you look at sort of the 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 think tanks and the policymakers, all of the academics have been writing and talking about this since like the 70s. What you see is a pretty consistent theme. The theme is they all believe that real estate commissions are too high in the United States. So the Western world, all the developed countries, the average cost to sell a home is about one and a half percent. Here it's about six. Recently it's more like five, but Historic spin. So in a way, you have to think whatever they're going to come up with in D.C. or out of these courts or whatever, their whole point is to drive commissions down to somewhere between 1% and 2%. Right? Mm-hmm. So however they're going to do it, whatever limit they put on, whatever they're going to do, I'm just letting you all know the goal is to get the commission to about 1.5%. And how got,
9: do, that,
4: was, that was two. We <laughs> have, I've, I've got question, one question because
3: we have to wrap it up. How
9: about, how do we deal with the dual agency? I think quite a lot happened like that, too. Yeah,
3: it's so early, we don't know how that's going to work, but I want to give this gentleman the last question for the day before we wrap it up.
10: That's a lot of pressure now. It is, Um. so think
3: about this question.
10: I've worked with national builders, I won't say who, for many years, and we loved it when the buyer comes in and waves the representation and then, no one represented the buyer. We, we, we really didn't like it when a realtor showed up at, at the end, you know, <laughs> doing walkthroughs, telling them not to buy certain items that may or may not be expensive, you know, like a $650 pre-wire for something. We, we, you know, realtors start asking questions on behalf of their buyer. My, I'm hearing all about, you know, the buyer's protect, agent protection, but what are we really doing to protect the consumer? I, I would watch it every day. People just um, may or may not have had un, been dealt with unfairly because they waived their representation. So it's already be, being done with the national builders um, all the time. I'm seeing stuff. You know, they they may pay too much, may pay too little. That's an opinion. But when the when the big builder is in charge with their agent and the buyer has no representation, you can imagine some of the stories that I don't yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs>
5: So yeah, since the look.
4: second time I've heard this, I will say this, right? If we as an industry want to prepare for this potential future, and want to make real strong arguments against it and talk about the value of representation, then we as an industry should start doing pro bono work today, starting today. If you're saying that the buyers really need representation and some of the least you know, able, the, like the, the single mother who's struck, like, then y'all should start doing pro bono work today. Yeah, but
10: they, the, the buyers are going to walk into an, an open house listing for sale. Dream home. They don't care about what can happen. Only thing they see is they're seeing their dream. So we need how we're going to protect the buyer. That buyer needs protection.
4: And if we're letting it just, you know, who, who um, well, I agree. Then volunteer. Volunteer to protect that buyer.
3: And with that short note, um, we're done. Thanks, guys. What's
4: your podcast name?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I would, again, be educated. Um, Bernice Ross is a writer on Inman News. She's been doing some fantastic writing about this. So if you go to inmannews.com and subscribe to that, and you can read her stuff along with others on this topic. Rob and I uh, have a podcast called Industry, Industry Relations. Industry Relations anywhere you want to listen to that on your po- whatever podcast player you we have these kind of discussions and, and have guests and talk about and that a this live. is a live
4: episode of this, this is Relations a live episode at this point. and uh, and I write a blog called Notorious Rob and I've been covering the legal side of this since the, since the first filing and I think I try to keep on top of a lot of that stuff as well Thank you all for inviting us Thank you thank experience. you so much thank you very appreciate much. it
1: Greg, Rob, that was a that was fantastic discussion that I think gave everybody a lot to think about. Um, I'm really glad you guys heard that and because that is something that I've heard for a while because we track these kind of things, but definitely something to keep thinking about for your business model going forward. Um, now, moving forward, uh, everyone, please enjoy the morning breakouts. We will see you back here at 11.45 for lunch. And then uh, after lunch, we have our keynote speakers at 1 p.m.